Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. And I am Kathy Groover, and we are so excited to have an amazing guest, one of my favorite people. As you all know, I have a huge love of magic. We've had a couple of magicians on the show, but this this is this is this is a treat. Uh, we've got Mike Pashoda today, everybody. Woohoo! Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell people a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do, and how you got to this place? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I got into magic uh, as a kid, uh, like most people, but maybe a little bit later, actually. I, I I got inspired when I was 12. I didn't start doing it until I was 15. So I wasted the first, first 15 years of my life. <laughs> uh, and then... Um, you know, I was into it for, for quite a while, and I moved to Los Angeles in 2003 uh, just to be near the Magic Castle, not to, not to work there, not to perform there. I just wanted to be there. I wanted to soak it all up, soak oh. up the, as much magic as possible, you know, as, as all my heroes that I would read about uh, as a teenager had done. And, you know, in, in all those stories, where were they? They were in Hollywood, California at the Magic Castle. And so I thought, well, that's probably the place for me. So... Yeah. Uh, when I was 28, I packed up everything I owned. I sold my business. I sold the house. I left with Beyonce and I, I changed my life. I, I wasn't happy with where I was. And I went, that's not the path for me. You know, Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss and doors will open for you that would not open for anyone else. Follow your bliss and don't be afraid. Mm. And so I spent my life really following that. And, um, and uh, along the way, you know, beside, back in Colorado, I had a real estate appraisal business at the time. I, like I said, I owned a house. I was almost married and I just was miserable. It wasn't the life for me. And, and so I, I, I made that change and I came out here and I became a member of the cast and I started hanging out and for years of that and then got jobs and then would advance in those jobs. And I got offered vice president positions with companies with high salaries. And then that day that I got that, I had to quit because that's not why I'm here. And, you know, my girlfriend and my wife, uh, but my girlfriend at the time said, you know, we'll just take it for a year and just save up some money. And you know, if I take it for a year, then we're going to have a mortgage and we'll have a car. And then I'm going to be doing that for the rest of my life. And that's not why I moved here. You know, mm. uh, that's happened a number of times that I've yeah. been doing that. And, and then finally, you know, eventually it paid off. And, and uh, now I'm the resident magician at the Magic Castle, as you know, the, the first one there in over 50 years, really. Yeah. That, that does that every week. And I'm there four nights a week, six to 10 shows a night. So yeah, I'm following my bliss. Yeah. And well, there's, su there's such bravery in that to leave everything. And, you know, I mean, Jason, and I have similar stories, not, not quite as to the extent that you do, but yeah, I agree with you. The whole, we'll just be a vice president for a year. Well, it, it doesn't work that way. You start to, you know, the more income, typically the more income you make, then the more obligations you have. And then suddenly you do have the mortgage and the car, and then you can't leave that job. Right. You get so comfortable in that. So you have I have to go on to something very similar. <laughs> you can't, if you're going to shift gears, you have to make that much money again. You have to make that. And so it's been hard to do that and pull back and go, well, money's not the thing that's ever been my motivator. You know, I don't want to be, I want to be comfortable, of course. And I am, you know, but I, 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 
I'd like it to not be a worry like anybody else. You know, I don't need to be a worry, but it's never been my driving motivator. My driving motivator has always been doing something I love. I don't want to waste my time doing things that I hate doing. Mm. So, well, that's great. I mean, I love that you you bring up Joseph Campbell, right? Because I love him You're too. Right, yeah. You know, and and that whole idea, of follow your bliss. It sounds, <clears throat> it sounds so simple right? Just follow your bliss. Just so follow hard. your bliss, right? First, what is your bliss? Finding your bliss yeah. is hard, you know? Uh-huh. And, you know, really for a lot of people don't know what their bliss is. Like they, they don't have a thing. They go to work, they come home, they watch TV, they go to bed, they wake up, they go to work, they come home, they watch TV. Like they don't know. They know the little snippets of things that make them happy here and there, but it's not the, you know, it's not the main part of their life. And I feel like a lot of people don't have never figured out what it is that is their bliss. You know, what is that thing that you want to do for free? What is that thing that, that, you know, what, what is it you're thinking about before you go to bed and the thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? And if you have, if you don't have something like that, well, then it's time to go out and start looking around and start reading new books and, and meeting new people, mm-hmm. and trying new experiences and taking new classes and doing things until you find that thing that you wake up going, I want to paint that picture. Oh, I have a picture I want to paint. I, I want to sculpt, you know, and, and that's you know, whatever it is that you find. And it doesn't have to be an artistic uh, pursuit by any means. Um, it, it, it could be anything where, but everybody has that thing. And mm-hmm. if you, if you, it doesn't have to be your career either. <laughs> right. Well, and I was going to say, it doesn't have to be what you make your living at. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you know, I've had somebody say, oh, you know, blah, 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 it must be, you know, you get to retire. You, you don't you want to retire? And I'm like, no, I never want to retire. Like I will forever be traveling around speaking, writing, doing my coaching. Heck, I don't even really see giving up massage. I mean, I can't do massage forever because my hands hurt. Um, but, it, but at some point, you know, if I won a lottery today, I would travel the hell out of the world and I would still keep working. Right. You know, I would not stop doing what I do because that is my bliss. I love helping people. I love doing the coaching. I love doing the speaking. I love educating people and entertaining people. So yeah, I mean, it's, I, I found my bliss as well. And so I applaud you for finding yours and encouraging people to, to look for it because I think it's lost. I think it's lost right now. I, well, and I think, yeah, I was, I was going to say, cause I think, you know, what you bring up, Mike, of a lot of people not knowing what it is, trying to find it. You know, some people use another word like Dharma, right? What's my Dharma? What's my Dharma? What's my Dharma, right? Was it, was this something that was easy for you? Because like I said, I hear this from people all the time. I got to find it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Did you know, or was there kind of a journey that you went on? And finally, like you said, when you were 28, you're like, shit, <laughs> I know what it is. Or did you, did you know it all along? And yeah, you know? when I was 15, uh, like I said, is when I started doing magic, but I, I saw a magic kit in a bookstore and it was the Mark Wilson course in magic. And I thought, I wonder if I could figure out how David Copperfield did that card trick. Cause out of all the things I saw David Copperfield do when I was a kid that inspired me when I was 12, he sat down on the stage and he did a card trick that just rocked my world. Huh. And that was one of the best parts of the show because I didn't have the, well, it's in that box or it's, you know, the girl did it or, you Mm -hmm. know, none of that. It was just him and a deck of cards and he did this thing that was incredible. And I thought, well, maybe I could figure out how he did that. And that night I bought that kit. Uh, I I read that book that night and I stayed up with it and I woke up uh, in the morning and I was a magician and I've not been a magician. 
That's so awesome. at that point, you kind of had that identity of this. I knew, I, I knew am. that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then I got, <clears throat> now I went to college and, and, uh, my, my, one of my friends bought a real estate appraisal business and, uh, brought me into that. And then I bought half the business from him and he had a house and I bought a house down the street and he got married and I got a fiance and he has wife got pregnant. And one day he came into the office and he said, I have to leave early today. We're going to go buy a minivan. And I went, that's the next step. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and I moved to California. And when you get to the minivan, that's the minivan it, for you a guy. I know it's it. a like, hard, it's a we hard were, day. Yeah. And, and with the girl, like it was just, it wasn't the, you know, it was the girl from the hometown and it wasn't the right mm -hmm. one. And it wasn't, you know, I was just never happy. I just, I didn't like what I did every day. And I was only 28. And so if I was already miserable and doing this for years and how much longer do I have to do this? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to do this. Yeah. It, it just wasn't for me. So I, you know, I, I knew then when I was 15 that I was a magician and I knew it was something that I was interested in and, and would always do. You know, the thing about magic is you don't have to do it for a living. It, a lot of the, the yeah. best magicians are amateurs. And by amateurs, I, it doesn't mean that you're less good. It means that you don't do it to make a living. So in, in that respect, it's different also because you can do more things, right? I have, you know, I used to, someone asked me at a show I did last night, how many tricks do you know? Thousands of tricks. I'm like, I, I honestly don't know. I, I used to know a lot and now I do like 10 things yeah. <laughs> over and over and, you know, it's not that, but I mean, my, I have different acts and different sets mm -hmm. and stand up acts and those all have different things in them, but. The point is that, you know, uh, you, you don't have to do it for a living, but for me, I just knew I wasn't happy doing anything but that. Oh. And so it was, it was, again, I just wanted to be near the magic castle. It wasn't, I'm going to be the resident magician there. <laughs> I never even thought I'd perform it. Like just performing there the first time was a dream. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, and I stepped through the doors of the castle in 1994 my first acting agent said, hey, you should go do this thing. And I went, all right. And he gave me a pass. And of course, there's no internet. So I called right. and it was, I think, I want to say it was Bob Kepper's voice on the machine that said, you know, make it, welcome to the Magic Castle and make the, you know, make a reservation. And I walked through the doors and I went, oh my God, I'm home. And I have always loved magic. I love magic since I was a little kid. I, I had that. a magic kit and I was so upset that year for Christmas because I wanted the one that had a hundred tricks and my folks could only afford the one that had 20 tricks. And I learned all the tricks and I'd wear my dad's suit coat and I'd charge a dime to, to do a show. And I actually fooled my mom. She couldn't figure out how it was done. My dad, I don't know if he knew or not, um, but I never wanted to be a magician. I was obsessed with it. And I'm, I've had people describe me as a connoisseur of magic I because that. I don't, I don't do it but I know how most of the tricks are done. You still fool me with one, pisses me off. Um, even though I've seen it, what, 30 times now at least. Uh, but the second I set foot in the castle, I knew I needed to be there. I just needed to be there. I didn't need to do magic. I was a magician's assistant in college and people are stunned that I don't do magic. But to me, the incredible part of it is that awe, that sense of, oh, oh my God, how do you do it? And I love watching people watch the magic, sometimes more than I like watching the magic. Human beings have this innate desire for mystical experiences. You know, we, we do. And, and I use card tricks as metaphors and a way to concretize those for you. 
you know, I, and I, I also as a way to stave off my own perennial ennui, you know, I'm a little silly. I get something out of it, but I also enjoy that. I like to see that awe experience, you know, that, uh, that, that's a primal thing. It's, it's interwoven in our DNA, like our opposable thumbs. Joseph Campbell called it the awakening of awe, mm. right? That, that just bafflement at the, at the mystery of, of life and the universe. And so I, I, again, I'm showing it to you uh, with card tricks and things like that, just to remind you of that feeling that yeah. we should all have about life all the time, really, you know? Yeah. But well, because well, really in that awe, like from, from being a child, that's, that's what makes you really feel like you're living. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, I've been through the same path that you were, right. You know, you grow up, you become responsible, you go to work, you get a job, you get a mortgage. And it's like, that's soul sucking. Right. But you know, and, and, and we, we get so busy adulting, we forget to be the child again and the joy and the oh. awe really comes from being feeling more childlike and having experiences like that of watching somebody do magic. We change our realities. Yeah. Right? Like, I think it was Leary that talked about the reality tunnels. Robert Anton Wilson talked about them a lot too. And I, it's something that I, I, I got into years ago and, and always thought of reality as this. Your nervous system is taking in bits of information and billions of bits of information all the time. And then that's all being filtered through your nervous system, your, your experiences, your teachers, the people you spend time with, the books you read, the TV shows that you watch, those things that inform you. And so anything that now fits into your worldview becomes part of your reality. And anything that doesn't fit into that worldview is either forced into that worldview or just ignored completely and oh. wiped away. And so sometimes in life, the little things like waking up, going to work, the drudgery that just happens every day and every day and every day, and you're stuck in this, you know, groundhog day type routine, um, that becomes your only reality tunnel. And now you fail to notice the beauty and you fail to notice. Oh. It's not, it's just not there for you. It's not that you're, you're not, you're not seeing it. You are not seeing it or, or you're not taking it in, but it's, it's, it's might as well just not be there for you. Those, yeah. things, the fun, the beauty, those things, you have to change that. You have to consciously take in new things you maybe try meditating try doing something new you know but you have to take in new bits of information read different books do things and as you learn things your reality tunnels have to change and adjust and so that can get you out of that drudgery of life or it could just change negative thinking that you're stuck in all the time you know we tend to do that right Mm -hmm. yep everything's a pessimistic worldview that's what you see is yeah. you see a pessimistic worldview and that's all you can see yeah right? and i've lived like that it's not fun that's not yeah. a fun that's not a fun worldview so, well, and our brain's out to protect us. So it looks, it's constantly looking for negative things to make sure we're protected from them. But the problem is the more negative you look for, the more negative you see, that's what you're going to find. Um, and it's- all you see our yellow car, you know, if you think of yellow cars, all you see is yellow cars. Right? Exactly. Well, and I, I encourage when I teach the, my stress reduction stuff, I tell people to take that pause because there's power in that pause, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I live in Santa Barbara. Every place I look, there's beach. I mean, like every road I drive on, I can go, oh, there's the beach. Oh, there's the water. I don't look at it. I'm not one. I'm not a beach person. So like that doesn't, that doesn't draw me, but there are times where I'll be sitting at a red light and I'll actually stop and like kind of unfocus from this and go, Oh my God, I can see the water from here. Oh, that's right. I told, Oh, look at that tree. How pretty it, you know, it's like, you have to pull yourself 
out of that shit hole that you're in every single day and look at something a different way. And that's what, that's what the castle does to me and to everybody I take that's there. It. I like to rock those foundations and just shake you out of your, your stupor of the things that you've been seeing and realize there's, you know, again, I'm doing it as metaphors for you with card tricks, but it's out there for real. Like it's yeah. in the real world for you. I'm just trying to wake you up a little bit. Yeah. Jason has never been to the castle. Oh, no. I know. I, uh, yeah, I know. I know so many people that are members and they're like, come on, come on, come on. So I got to get down there one of these days. So, well, if only you knew a board member. Only. I know. Or somebody <laughs> who's a resident magician <laughs> there, they could get me in, right? You've got the two most members. important people here in the room. <laughs> we, we, have a, we have a ghost piano player named Irma yes. who you can ask her questions. She'll answer the questions like, what's your favorite drink? What's your favorite TV show? How are you, how are you feeling? And she'll answer on the piano and then she can play anything. It's mind blowing. And I took a girlfriend. She was in awe. She wanted to go to the castle so bad. Really good friend of mine. And we park it in front of Irma and she's, and she's like looking under the piano and she's baffled as to how this is happening. And then she, like she, my friend Googled bizarre songs to try to have Irma play. And she played every single one and she got a little tipsy. Uh, but as we're leaving, she was so mad that she couldn't figure out how Irma works. She literally grabbed the valet guy and said, tell me how Irma works. And the valet guy went, I don't know. It's magic. <laughs> and she was so mad but it's true i mean she was so in awe and i just again i just Wonderful. i love watching people watch you because you're just, you're one of my favorite we see you every time you're there um and i love your philosophy i know i i interviewed you for a book that i was working on us versus them and you and i talked a lot about the sort of the psychology of people and that's one of the reasons i wanted to have you on because i just love the way you think too so thank you yeah well and i think it's interesting because like you, you know you bring up the irma piano player issue right that 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 a lot of it too you know we 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 want to figure it out we want to think we want to understand but a lot of times it's just we don't have to understand just just enjoy the moment enjoy the awe I mean because because again I mean it's one of the reasons that magic is so awe inspiring is we don't know how you're doing it right and it's like how did you do that That's right I know cool keep, right it's because of those me. mysteries right that, that we want for you yeah Keep, secrets are kept for you if you if if you knew it denies that mystery it denies the awe denies the, the that feeling of awe but you know I used to be very upset that I didn't know how the universe works like I and that I'm, I was upset and generally depressed with my place in the universe my time uh, I was either to be born hundreds of years earlier oh. or hundreds of years later because I will never get the answers that I needed and felt like I needed and desired here. And I got very into science and physics and, and things. And, you know, I, I'm not living in a time where they're going to tell me what the universe actually is and what it, how it got here. And, you know, we have our, our some good theories and we have some things we're working on and, and um, that's what I, that's what I'm left with. And, and that used to really upset me. I'm never going to know. And then I realized that that's what makes it so wonderful. That's, that is what makes it wonderful and worth doing is it's, I'm not supposed to know it. Yeah. Can you, can you still find awe in watching other magicians? Yes. Some yeah. Of them. yeah, sure. Uh, you know, it's different. It's, it's different. Um, but, you know, some of my very favorite performers are magicians. And so, you know, guys like Jared Koff and Paul V. Hill and uh, Derek Delgadio and 
those are my friends, um, but they bring me to tears almost every time I watch their act, mm. you know, because uh, uh, they're just so beautiful, I think. Yeah. And so well-designed and, and that. So, I mean, it's different when I watch magic is, is I'm watching different things than, than other people are watching, but I find beauty in different ways in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, love well, I, lo I, I love that. I love that feeling of when it gets me, because I especially in being magic this long, it's not that often, but there's certainly yeah. people that could do it when I am full and I'm like, Especially if I am, I have no idea. <laughs> I love that feeling because in about 20 minutes, I'm going to, ah. Right. So enjoy that 20 minutes before you figure it out. Yeah, well, yeah. No idea what just happened. What could have happened? And then I think, well, how would I do that? Right. Well, and it's like, you know, I love watching Penn and Tellers fool us because, you know, if you can fool them, then you know you did something amazing. Well, and I'm at the castle all the time. I mean, I've been going for so many years and I've had people say, don't you see the same tricks over and over again? And I go, yeah. And they say, don't you know how a lot of them are done? And I say, yeah. And they say, well, why do you keep going? And I said, because, because one, every magician does it differently. And I have literally spent nights at the castle where I have seen two or three magicians do the same illusion or the same trick, but so differently. Right. And to me, even if I know how it's done, then it becomes the, the way they palmed that card or the way they did that maneuver or, oh, I saw it was just beauty. You know, then it becomes the beauty of the doing, not the mystery of the doing. And right. I think that's almost the next level. And with not knowing how the universe works, maybe we just have to embrace the beauty of not knowing, right? Exactly As opposed right. to having to figure that's, it out. That's you know? the only way I could come to peace with that was to go, well, that's the neat part. That's the, that mystery is what makes this all worth doing, just like a magic trick. Mm-hmm. No, I and I spent my time doing that for other people, and then it dawned on me, oh, the universe is doing it to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that says the mystery. I'm not meant to know. Yeah. I'm just like you're not meant to know how that card got there. Yeah, it's not <sighs> for you. It's not for me. Ugh, I'll one day I'll know. <laughs> well, and I, I love that the, the, you said secrets are kept for you. Yeah. Right. I love, I love that. And it's Michael it's Weber. Is the first person I heard say that I'll do credit to Michael Weber. I don't keep secrets from you. I keep them for you. And oh, that's so great. that really resonated with me. And because it's, that's exactly what this is. If it's, you know, you don't want to know how the sausage is made. It's not what it's about. Like, if you know that, then you, you've, you've, you know, you've denied the purpose of it. You know, it goes back to, to the beginning of civilizations you know we'd all go out into the field and as your shaman i'd pass around a bowl and everybody would drink from that bowl and then i'd put fire in my mouth right only then and then it's what hodorovsky called the sacred trap you know the shaman would do these tricks and these things so that when they tell you to take this medicine you know that they know something that you don't know yeah. and they're steps ahead of you and they have some sort of connections that you don't know. And so the magic was for that purpose. The, the things, this, it's, it's a show to show a connection of, of things. And so later on, of course, it becomes relegated to entertainment of nightclubs and things like we do now. But that's all still inside of us in our DNA, you know, that vestigial memory of, of that, that desire for that mystical experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I go to the castle. And that's why I love taking people there. I took one friend and I said, what'd you think? And he goes, eh, I don't think I'd go back. 
Uh, uh, I mean, like that's the only person in the history of the world that I've ever heard not just ache to go back as if he like, oh, I saw it, I don't need to see it again. I'm like, do you not understand? Like, do you never need to see a sunset again? Cause you saw right. one. Like it's different every time. And that was just so mind blowing to me just because I love expanding my mind. I love reading and I love, this is why I love talking to you because like you, you have such a, a background in things that interest me that I didn't delve as deeply in as you did. This is how we learn and grow and we self-actualize is through having conversations. Like this is why Jason and I do this podcast and talk about things like socks and Pepe Le Pew and <laughs> philosophy and hypnosis and all sorts of fun stuff love it yeah. jason's thinking no it's like i mean you you said a few things in here it's like we could be here for hours because i could go down a whole bunch <laughs> of rabbit holes with you my friend <laughs> um you know on this but i think it's you know what i love to and, and maybe here's a question for you too right because it again i mean kathy and i are speakers and performers if you will as well too right and, and like you said when you when you're watching somebody else do the magic, you see it differently and the awe is a little bit different. But but two, as a performer, right, that, that a lot of times, and you see this with musicians and other people too, right, that there's, I think you said you kind of get down to like doing 10 different tricks now, right? So, and you're, and you're doing those tricks multiple times a night, you know, multiple times a week. And, and to me, it seems like, you know, the really, the great performers, are the ones who can do it over and over and over again without losing that passion for it <clears throat> without with making every performance you know mean something for the audience and connecting with the audience right i mean it's like i'm sure you, you there's magi magicians that are just kind of like going through the motions and you can feel that they're going through the motions or musicians that are Oh, should I have to play the song that I played? I'm sure I, I, times, I, right? I'm guilty too. You know, come show 10 or 11 sometimes at night. Yeah. And I get halfway through a thing and I'm, I don't even remember where I'm at anymore because I've done it 10 times already tonight. I don't know what part of, oh, did I already show you the third coin? Right. <laughs> that what? one that's hidden oh, there invisible. Where did I put the third coin? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know about that yet? Oh, I'm sorry. To I'm, I don't know where I'm at. Like I... But I try not to do that. You know, for me, I try to do real magic in every show. And so yeah. I'm going to take a step back real quick. Magic is real. And I don't mean the supernatural is real when I say that. Um, all art is magic. Aleister Crowley said magic is a change in consciousness based on the will. And that sounds like all art to me. You know, I don't, I don't know how, how you hear that, but... That sounds like art to me, a change in consciousness based on the will. That's the point of art, is it not? Like to, to change somebody's consciousness mm -hmm. and that's what you will happen. So uh, with that definition of magic, I can roll with that. I use sleight of hand and misdirection to show you those things. Right? Those are the tools that I use to show you magic. But if you can't hear music, playing the violin is just scraping a cat's entrails with horse's hair, right? That's what it is. But if you can hear music, you know it's more than that. Mm -hmm. And if you can feel music, it's even more than that. And that's what magic is like too, right? The magic starts the same way it does for you as a speaker. When you walk out and you introduce yourself to the audience, right? This is the magic happens in people's minds. And so 
your change in their consciousness begins right then. Now, as a speaker and as a performer, you know, in the first 30 seconds of you taking a stage, everybody's just judging you. They're not listening to you. They're not, they're just, oh, he's fatter than I thought he was. He's a little shorter than I thought he was. He's bald, like whatever it is. They, that's 30 seconds. And so in that 30 seconds, you have to show them with body language and things like that, who you are as a human being, how open you are. I come out and embrace the audience. I don't, I'm not a closed off performer. I'm not hiding behind a table. I'm here for you. And I'm to give myself to you. And that puts them at ease, right? That's real magic. This is real magic taking place. Stagecraft is, is, is real magic. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that, that is in between and, and around all of the tricks that I do as a magician. And that's the stuff that makes it feel like real magic, not tricks. And so the, there's a difference of doing tricks and doing real magic. And the difference is that all those little things that I've thought about that you can't think that I've thought about, hmm. but I've thought about them all. There are no ordinary moments in life. And that's doubly so on stage. Yeah. There are no ordinary, ordinary moments. Yeah. Well, I think it's just amazing because as you're sitting there talking about it too, I mean, again, I think it goes back to anybody who's a performer, an artist, but 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 it's even broader than that. But that the underlying for why so many people in this world do what they do, like you, right, is to try to raise people's level of consciousness, get them out of that reality tunnel you know, help them in their, in their daily grind, their groundhogs day bullshit tunnel that they're, that they're in to go, Oh, Hey, there was a butterfly over there. I didn't the notice. Scenario, I didn't notice that before. Right? Just for 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Just, yeah. And then and they just go for a little bit, thing, but yeah. for 20 minutes, I got to, to give you a little more joy in your life or a little something else, whether yeah. it changes your consciousness or not, ultimately, yeah. even if it's just for a little bit. I'll yeah, but every every little bit adds up, right? At some point, there's going to have to be that shift because you keep experiencing those little moments. Sure. Yeah, I love it. Oh my god! Yeah. Right, like if you're open to those things, you see them all the time. Synchronicities, mm -hmm. little things happen throughout life constantly, but most people yep. you don't see it. That's my word for 2022 is synchronicity. Okay. We started January 1st with huge synchronicities, my boyfriend and I. And so that's our, that's well, at least mine word for the year. And my cat is named after Aleister Crowley, by the way. Okay. Yeah. I'm a fan. Um, Mr. Cool. Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. Uh, we, uh, we could talk all day. Mike, how can people reach you uh, and book you or, you know, all that good stuff? Uh, my website is mikepichotta.com. I-K-E-P-I-S-C-I-O-T-T-A dot com. That, that would be the best way. Sounds good. Yay. Or Instagram at Mike Pashoda underscore. I don't know what it is, but Mike Pashoda on Instagram. <laughs> so you're on Instagram. <laughs> mug, so there you go. <laughs> I'll drop it and I'll all find it and drop it in the lower third. And I don't think I'm, I don't think I follow you on Instagram. So I'll have to do that. Um, uh, this has been such an amazing conversation. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Lovely yeah. to see you. I will see you this weekend. Looking forward watching, to it. watching you do your magic. Um, I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out, enjoy some magic in your life this week, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. See ya. See ya.